Hey y'all, I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 183. And I don't know why I sound stopped up, okay? I don't fucking know. (laughs) My cough is back and I'm stopped up. I don't know. I'm a walking fucking illness. Wait, are you stopped up your nose or? uh... No, I just use my bidet to get that shit out. Literally. Literally. Well, there's nastiness in the first uh, 30 seconds. Well, you know what? You know what you're getting with us. But if you don't have a fucking bidet, you're missing out. There is an attachment for your toilet that's like $20. (laughs) And it has saved me hundreds in wipes. You know, and my floor because my house overflowed. Literally. (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't use wipes before. Yeah, you don't like wet. Mm -mm. Yeah, like if I'm somewhere without a bidet, I will wet the toilet paper. Yeah, I've had to wet it for you and hand it to you. You're not wrong. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) All right, let's jump right in from whatever that was. So in 2009, my fiance was hit by a car walking home from a party. He was from Mexico. I took his body to Mexico to bury him with his family. While in Mexico, I saw two dark shadows. Scared to death and mourning, I came back to the U.S. where I continued to see these shadows. I moved in with a friend a week after I came home and was sick. Turns out, I was pregnant. So after about three months, my friend said, Hey, can I take your picture for Facebook? I said, Okay. My friend said, I don't know how to say this and not upset you, but your fiancé is in the picture with you. What? I felt calm, but she proceeded to test the theory, and he came up in several pictures. There was a mysterious thing about his death. I feel like he was trying to tell me, but I couldn't handle it. I was freaked out. My son is aggressive with autism and ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, and I have a lot of problems with his behaviors. Sometimes I watch a camera I have in his bedroom, and I see tons of orbs. Sometimes I feel like it's not him looking at me. I constantly have ghostly visits, but I have since I was a child. Is my fiance really resting in peace? I know I will always have activity, so I guess I need to learn to embrace it. I will never know. Love your show. You guys are awesome. Creep it real. Shania from North Carolina. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry for your loss. Honestly, baby monitors freak me out anyway. I know. They be picking up some stuff. They do. But like, you gotta have it. Yeah. Also, how old is your son? Oh yeah. Are you still seeing the shadows at all? Or, I don't know, send a follow-up. What's going on? Yeah, is it like always shadows? Or is it just what you think is your fiancé? Or is it other things too? And like, why did it start right after his death? Yeah. But I guess it didn't start right after his death because it sounds like you've kind of experienced things for a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, send in those stories too. Okay, the next one. Hi, ladies. I'm a relatively new listener and have been loving the show, and your personalities gel so well together. Always a happy morning when I see a new episode roll out. But enough rambling. I have a few stories from when I was younger, so I hope you enjoy. Story one. I'm going to start by giving a little background on my dad's house. It was originally a little cabin on the river until my grandpa bought it. He built an additional three bedrooms and bathroom, making it the wonky family house I had grown up in. The L-shaped hallway with the bedrooms and bathroom lead out into the living room and is directly in front of the old furnace closet from the original cabin. Now on to the story details. In elementary school, I had a friend who invited me over. Normally, we would play GameCube games, but this time she suggested we try her Ouija board. Nope. I agreed, not knowing what it was, and so the quote-unquote play commenced. 
The entire time we had our fingers on the planchette, I was convinced she was moving it and got fed up quickly as I thought she kept dragging it, making words and just trying to scare me. We said our goodbyes to the board and I went home shortly after. When I got home from our play date, I went about my life as usual up until bedtime. I fell asleep, but gosh, would you know it, I woke up around 1am and needed to use the bathroom. I walked through the L-shaped hall to the bathroom, which was to my left before the hallway ended. And when I looked up from the ground, I was facing the furnace closet doors. I saw a woman in a colonial style dress. She was standing there looking at me. She appeared to be white and somewhat see-through. I stared in disbelief for a moment before running back to my room and trying to forget it and go back to sleep. The next morning when I woke up, I talked to my sister who said she had experienced something weird too. She saw a little boy, same see-through white, on her floor crying. Story 2. A little later in life, middle school age, my sister and I were at a friend's house. Just the three of us were home as her mom worked afternoons and nights, and we were all into the paranormal at the time. We would watch YouTube videos of recorded demon or ghost voices, exorcisms, you name it, and we probably watched it. On this particular night, we watched a video featuring a clip of a demon saying, I have a body of a pig. I don't know why I said it like that, but let's just go with it. At this point, it was dark outside, and we went on the friend's front porch. While we were talking and laughing, we hit a lull in the conversation, and clear as day, we heard a deep voice say, I have a body of a pig followed by a laugh. It was clear no one was around. None the less knew that we watched that video. This one particularly creeped me out as I recall the Bible story where demons are cast into pigs and then ran off a cliff to get rid of demons. Anywho, I hope you ladies have a wonderful day, Lou. I don't remember that Bible story. Okay, so I do remember some. I don't remember it being a Bible story, that they would do that. And I'm like, oh, why? Like, animals... I mean, yeah, save the human, but why you gotta put the demon in a pig? Not Wilbur. I don't know, but that's weird as shit. How'd they know? Like, if it was, like, somebody tricking you, how, like, how would they yeah. know? Yeah. Okay, I really do want to do a Ouija board. I really do. Well, you gotta find somebody else, because I ain't <laughs> doing it with you. I mean, I'm scared as fuck, but I just remember me and my brother played it, and I know he was dragging it. Like, I know he was doing it, because he was my older brother. I don't, I, I just want to feel the sensation again. I don't know. Is that weird? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to feel that sensation. Never, not going to happen. Okay, the next one. You can call me Anna. Hey, ladies, I just listened to episode 142 with the ambient story at the end. I'm glad I'm working remotely because I was laughing so hard, especially about the people in the sink. I could never outdo that, but thought if you needed a little funny, you could share this story. One night I was asleep, but I woke up to the sound of my door opening and I screamed. In walks my brother, who immediately screams like a girl and tells me not to be so loud as we could disturb the neighbors. I ask him if he's awake, and he says yes. I was thinking, I don't think so, and I gently got him out of my room and headed to the bathroom and the bedroom, both in the same hallway. I went back to my room and locked the door. The next morning, I asked him why he came in my room, screamed like a girl, and told me not to wake the neighbors, and he had no memory of it. He had also gone downstairs to the kitchen, opened the fridge, ate every pickle from the jar. No memory of doing it. One Saturday morning, our dad got up, went to the garage in his pajamas, and got in the car and drove to the train station, commute to work. Luckily, my mom figured out what was going on and was able to convince him it wasn't a work day and he went back to the house. 
that's so scary. Oh my God. He could have like, y'all don't be driving on Ambien. You could be hurt. He didn't know any better. I know. I know. It's not his fault, but like, holy shit. Yes. I don't know if I've told this story, but my sister who used to take Ambien, she, (laughs) I woke up one night because I heard someone yelling and she was outside. She had left the door wide open, but she was outside trying to get Bella, which was a cat. And Bella did not want to be got. And she was just in like a long t-shirt, maybe not even long, but a t-shirt and panties. It's like 4 a.m., not re- but it was late. And she's trying to get Bella. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she said, Daddy wants Bella. He needs Bella. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know like he had wanted her in there. Because my dad had had his stroke by this point. And so I didn't know if she had heard him and he wanted Bella in the bed with him. No. No, he did not. That was just her. On Ambien. On Ambien. Middle of the night. Just scooping up a cat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Who did not want to be scooped. She was like, oh shit, she on it again. She on it. I mean, I know like when you drink and stuff, you don't remember everything you do. But that has to be weird as fuck to do such rando things and not remember any of it. Right. Like every pickle out of the jar. That sounds like something you would do on Ambien. Uh, that sounds like something I would do. Uh, not on Ambien? Not on Ambien, yeah. But also drink the juice too. Yeah, I was about to say. Okay, the next one. Garden Monster. Hi, lovely ladies. My name is Zalara and I'm from Germany. I am currently working on catching up with your excellent podcast, but I still have a bit of listening to do before getting there. However, I wanted to share a short story with you. When I was about 16, a friend and I spent the night on the balcony of my parents' house. We lit candles, read spooky stories, and played around with tarot cards. It was quite late, well past midnight, and we had spooked each other quite a bit. And then it started. Down in the garden, there was a sound. First at the end of the garden, but then closing in on us. It was quite loud, though that might have been because everything else was so quiet. It sounded like a mixture of someone breathing heavily and water bubbling, with the occasional loud hiss thrown in. We were shocked and could not move for some time. I told my friend to go look, but she told me, it's your garden, you go look. I worked up the courage to stand up on shaking legs, went to the railing of the balcony, and I used a flashlight we had up there to find our way back into the house after the candles had been blown out. And I started checking the garden. All the while, the sound continued, and really, I expected to see at least a zombie or similar, but I did not see a zombie. I saw two hedgehogs fornicating. (laughs) Oh my god! So that's how I learned that two teenage girls can easily be spooked by a combined four pounds of local fauna. Keep up the great work, Laura. Oh my god. That's some shit right there. Also, is this not what Carrie sounds like? Having sex, someone breathing heavily, water bubbling, and the occasional loud hiss thrown in. Why's it gotta be me? (laughs) I mean, I didn't say you were wrong. (laughs) Fucking nature. Right? You know what? I did not know hedgehogs were like out in the wild. I'm gonna be honest with you. Are you serious? Did not know that. What was the word that they used? Because I'd never heard that before. Fornicating. Not that. Fauna. That. Never? No fornicating she said jesus i watch big bang theory (laughs) no you know what i thought uh where the heart is fauna no fornicating oh 
God bless we are not on the same page today. We're not in the same book today. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, I'm going to start this off being really sappy. In September 2022, I had never listened to a podcast at all. I started off with Crime Junkie and saw your podcast recommended below by Spotify. I mean, thanks, Spotify. Hell yeah. I decided to try out a few podcasts because, well, I needed a distraction pretty much the entire time I was at work to get through the day. The moment I listened to the first episode, I knew I had found my people. That job was extremely toxic and very emotionally abusing, but unfortunately, it took exactly a year for me to find something that could match the pay so I could leave. I just wasn't in a place where I could quit without a backup plan. But the day I quit was literally the best day of my life so far. I can't tell you how many times that year I've sat in the bathroom and cried at that job while having my AirPods and listening to you guys laughing in between tears. It got to a point where if I forgot my AirPods, I would turn my car around no matter how late it would make me because there was no way I was getting through the day without them. I know that to some people, this may just be a podcast, but the amount of happiness you girls bring to people is really phenomenal. Even in my lowest moments, I could turn this on and feel like I was surrounded by friends. And you could never judge me for ugly crying because you couldn't see me. I just really can't thank you enough for sharing little pieces of yourself with us. Also, we would not judge you for ugly crying because that's the only way I know how to cry. Same. I blubber. I guess I'll start off with my favorite story to tell people. Backstory. I had a very chaotic childhood. I basically went back and forth every other week between grandparents as both of my parents were addicts and still are. One week with my dad's parents, then one week with my mom's parents. My mom's parents moved into a new house when I was in fourth grade and I went to foster care for a few months and when I came home, they had a new house. It was much nicer than any house I'd ever lived in. They moved around a lot. My dad's dad, Don, has always said he had a special gift with dreams. As a kid, I was just like, okay, Joseph, whatever. I used to hear stories growing up about how Don was born with a veil of skin over his face. His mother was a very spiritual person and was always told this meant one of two things. Either he was the spawn of Satan or he had a spiritual gift. A family friend who was in the Creek tribe told my great-grandmother, Don's mom, that her son was the start of a gift that would reoccur every other generation. And the story has been passed down to so many of my family members. I never thought anything of it. I know my grandfather would have very vivid dreams and could basically predict people's deaths. The dreams were always very symbolic, but he learned what certain symbols meant over the years. Technically, this gift would have skipped my mom and landed on my sister and I's generation. Fun. My experience with the paranormal was in that house. My mom's parents were low income, so they got a really big house for cheap rent as long as they agreed to clean the rooms that were literally crammed with random objects from hoarding, but no food or anything disgusting, just a lot of stuff. My sister and I were pretty excited because we both got our own bedroom. My sister lived with them full time as she and I don't have the same dad. Everything was fine for a while until my grandfather's dreams started getting really vivid and he was literally seeing people die over and over again, but always the people he didn't know and this had never occurred as frequently as it was since we moved in. Clearly, this took a toll on him and he ended up drinking a lot because of this. Never abusive or anything like that, just drinking the pain away. One night, I was laying in bed and I heard a noise in the hallway where the attic door was. I walked out of my bedroom to see a person hanging from a rope from the ceiling. No shadow figure, no 1700s attire, just a completely realistic person. 
Of course, I screamed, and my grandparents rushed into the hallway and turned on the lights, and it disappeared. My sister, who was about four at the time, saw it too. I woke up several nights having this person who was hanging in the hallway standing over my bed with white eyes and a bruised neck. My sister, who was around four at the time, was wetting the bed all the time and constantly having horrible nightmares, where she would literally wake up screaming. She always told us about the man in the closet. She described him as a fat man with a white shirt and a brown scruffy beard. The person that I was seeing in my room was a young, maybe in his 20s, curly dark hair, slender, and wearing clothes that were pretty normal at the time, pants and t-shirt and work boots. It got to where I would see the hallway man, as we started calling him, all the time, in broad daylight and at night. It just became normal. One night, my sister started screaming and literally jumped out of her window, which was only about five feet off the ground, to get away from whatever was in her room. After that, we slept in the same bed until we moved out of that house. She would still get up several nights a week to go to the window and try to get out of the room while sleepwalking. There were so many crazy things that happened in that house. Fast forward about 10 years when we find out that the family that lived in the house before us had a lot of misfortune. A baby had died in the house that suffocated in its sleep. The mom died of cancer in the house years later. That left the father and the three kids, one of which was in his early 20s, who did die by suicide in the hallway. After the oldest son's suicide, they sold the house and pretty much left everything in it. The land the house was on got sold and the house was torn down. About a year ago, someone bought the land and was beginning to build a new house when two sets of human remains were found, as well as several animal remains, one for the infant and one for a man. The remains have yet to be identified to this day. A cheap house is not always a good thing. Sorry this was very long. I'll send in more soon because I have plenty more. Cassie Nicole. I've heard that too about uh, being born with the veil, but I haven't heard of the spawn of Satan, just that you were able to see spirits and stuff. I've never heard of it. Like, a period, like a veil. Like, what do you mean? Like, extra skin? Yeah. Like, so just like part of the placenta, like gook from the placenta? I think. One of my old co-workers, he was born with a veil, he said. Oh, how'd that come up? Just in casual conversation? Well, he knew about my podcast. Uh. Your story, Cassie, reminded me of the haunting of Hill House with that bent neck woman or whatever you know like oh gosh I don't know how y'all do it when y'all see this and it looks so realistic and everything like y'all just describing it is so scary to me and you know we want you to send in the others Uh uh-huh okay the next one hey my name is Sydney D I'm from Michigan I want to tell you first I love your podcast my coworker started me listening to you a few months ago and now I can't stop I have finally gotten enough nerve to actually share four of my many stories that have happened to me over the years. A little background about me. I started having paranormal experiences since the age of nine, which wasn't a big scare because I was told by my mom that my great aunt and my great great grandmother used to see and hear spirits all the time. And my great aunt was born with a veil. What? Right? What the creepiness? Two stories in a row? Right. Totally at random, too. What the fuck? As a kid, most of my paranormal experiences happened during my dreams. I would see angels, people who have passed, loved ones and unknown, and bad spirits as well. These dreams used to scare the living shit out of me, but I always wrote them off as just a nightmare and would go on with life. 
The older I got, it started to be more intense while being awake and not just dreaming. For example, I would have a feeling somebody was by me while washing my hair or knowing things that would happen before it does. Which leads me to my first encounter. Story one, guardian angel, question mark. I was around age 10, me and my sister, three years older and very close to each other. We were getting ready for bed and started arguing over something petty as girls do. My mom got tired of us arguing and made us go to bed early. Like I said before, with all of the crazy ghost dreams I had had, I always slept with my light on to fall asleep. But this time, my mom wanted lights out. My sister couldn't watch TV and I couldn't have my light on. I was so mad at my sister, I started to cry because I knew it was going to be a long night. We had a small three-bedroom apartment with my room being the furthest from the other rooms, which were right next to each other. The bathroom light was on across the hall from my room. I grabbed my pillow and I laid at the foot of my bed. I was laying there, which seemed like forever, but in reality, it was probably only an hour later. I was turned on my side facing the wall when I felt someone sit on the side of me. I turned over to see, but I could only look through the mirror on my dresser and saw it was who looked like my sister dressed in her PJs she had on earlier. I yelled at her and told her to get out because she was the reason I had to sleep in the dark. Reminder, I never turned around to look directly at her. What stood out the most, she kept rubbing my head and spoke in a gentle voice, which is the complete opposite of my older sister. She was very bossy and very loud. She said, go ask mom. You can turn on your light now. She'll let you. And I argued, no, she won't. She's going to say no. Again, she's still comforting me by rubbing my shoulder now. So I can actually feel her touching me. She said, I promise you, she'll let you. I wiped my face, grabbed my glasses and went to my mom's room who told me, yes, I could turn it back on. And I fell asleep finally. The next morning, my sister was in the kitchen making breakfast and I asked her, what made you come in my room last night? And she said, girl, I didn't come in your room. I was asleep. I said, yes, you did. I explained to her what happened and she swore it wasn't her. Even to this day, she denies that she came into my room that night. Key points as to why I believe it wasn't her doing this as a prank. For one, she wasn't really a jokester. She was very stern, even at an early age. Two, I never saw her walk out of my room and go back to her room, which she would have been in front of me in the hallway going back to her room, which is next to my mom's room. And third, the way she kept touching me, even as adults, we don't hug often. Of course, we love each other and she's my best friend, but we've never been big on affection. So I'm not sure if it was a guardian angel or what, but it still gives me chills to think about it. Story two, crossover. At the age of 17, I lost a close childhood friend of mine to gun violence. He passed away a day before graduation from high school. When he passed, I was deeply saddened. Of course, just like always, I ended up seeing him in my dream. Only when I would see him in my dream, I would run up to him and we were so happy to see each other and we could talk. I could never remember the conversation when I woke up and I could never remember in my dream why I missed him so much. I would literally wake up in tears because it would all come back to me that he's dead. But it did give me relief to know that I had a dream of him. Literally almost every night I had one dream after another and he was always in them. 
It became draining at one point because it went on for so long. So one day I was telling my grandmother and my mother about the dreams I was having and my grandmother told me, you know, you can't continue talking to him. You have to let him go to God. My grandmother is a very Southern saved woman, you know, religious. She does not believe in talking to spirits. We had more small talk about it and went on with our day. That night, like clockwork, I saw him again. Only this time, it wasn't the normal smiles he would greet me with. We were back in a neighborhood where we grew up as kids sitting on the sidewalk. There was nobody around, just us. The light in the sky shined so bright, brighter than I've ever seen in my life. He sat quiet with almost a sad expression. I told him, My grandma said I can't talk to you anymore. You have to go to God. He shook his head yes, like he already knew what I was about to tell him. We sat together in silence, which seemed like forever. That was the last dream I had about him. Story number three, visiting husband. Fast forward, age 22, 23-ish, I was a home health aide. I had a client in her late 90s. She could still do everything for herself. She was so sweet. I was pretty much there to make sure she didn't fall. Her daughter hired me on weekends privately to help her out when her granddaughter wasn't home. Me and her would talk for hours, and she told me many stories about her life growing up and about her husband, who used to work for the state and all of his accomplishments. Not sure his exact type of work. She also mentioned how he had bought the house we were in for her and their two daughters. He had passed away years before I started caring for her. She spent most of her time falling asleep in her lazy boy chair that was closer by the bay window, but also so she could see the TV better without the glare of the light when she watched her westerns. Anyway, a couple of months later, she fell asleep and I was sitting in the chair closest by the front door and ended up dozing off as well. I got a strange feeling someone was in the room and when I opened my eyes, I kid you not, a transparent figure of a man was there. You could see he was in some type of uniform and he was staring directly at her. As soon as I blinked, he was gone. I almost pissed myself. My heart was racing and being the black girl I am, I damn near grabbed my shit and left at that moment. Luckily, I only had less than one hour left in the shift, but I couldn't get out of there fast enough. I saw a picture of him a few weeks later, and sure enough, that was the man I saw. Story four, missing person. I'm now age 30, and as I got older, my dreams intensified with seeing dead people in them. Yes, I became the little boy from Sixth Sense. I would see friends, family, and unknown people who had passed on. I would get a sense for people I didn't know, Something inside me would tell me if that person was dead or not. On to the story. I live in a somewhat small city, so everyone knows everyone for the most part, depending on which side you grew up on. Outside of my medical background, I'm a part-time hairstylist. One of my newer clients got dropped off by her boyfriend, and he was supposed to come back later to get her when she was ready. I finished her hair in about two hours, and she called him with no response. So she called her mom to see if she could get in contact with him, but she was still unable to find him. I'm not sure who, but someone called and they said they found her car in a mayor's parking lot unlocked. Her mom ended up picking her up, and I didn't think much of it after she left. Later that night, I was scrolling on Facebook and saw everyone kept sharing a post about a man going missing. Reminder, I had never met her boyfriend, nor did I know him, so I didn't put it together that it was the same person. His family set up a search party. Police looked everywhere. It ended up on the news for a few weeks, and they still couldn't find him. 
a 32-year-old man just vanished. It was now roughly three, four months later, I became friends with his sister on Facebook, who literally shares his missing photo every day. She shared it again and begged if anyone had info, please come forward. I sat and thought to myself, how could a grown man just disappear in broad daylight with no trace? I stared at his picture for a long time and said out loud, where could you be? But I just prayed for his family and him and went to bed. In my dream that night, he appeared to me in a transparent form. He had a friendly presence and looked how he did in the photo she posted. He didn't speak. I looked over on the table on the side of us and it was a Polaroid picture of him and I touched it. I said to him, your picture's still warm. That's a good sign. And then I woke up. I had not a fucking single clue what that meant or why he came to me. I ended up going to visit a psychic a month later. I was always raised to not go see one, religious reasons, but I was so tired of feeling like a nutcase, I had to ask someone if there was any truth to my dreams or if I'm a Looney Tune. She said my dreams that I've had over the years are real and I'm not loony like I thought I was for many years. Big damn sigh of relief. She told me about my psychic abilities and if I let go of my fears, I could see things more clearer. During my reading, if you're not familiar, she will say names as in initials, middle names, specific nicknames, or first three letters of a person who wants to talk to you. She said the first three letters of his name, but I was only thinking of family and friends, so I told her I didn't know him. She tried to get him to come back, but could only get certain information. When she channeled him, not sure of the correct wording, she found out at the time when I had the dream he was still alive, but now that energy was no longer there, and she thinks he's crossed over already. I gave his sister the info, and the psychic also helped with which area to look for him in. His family started another search party, so hopefully we will find something that can give that family closure. If I have an update, I will definitely let you guys know. That's all I have for you. Your podcast has helped me after listening to other stories to open up and talk about my experiences and not feel embarrassed by them. Special thanks to my coworker, Penny, for telling me to write in. Okay, I really need you to follow up. Because I need to know. Yeah, I want to know about him. But also, I want to know about that lady that you were sitting with. Did she pass shortly after that? Was her husband there to get her? Or was he just like observing? Oh, gosh, yeah. Like, I I need to know. I want to go to a medium so badly. Me too, but they are so expensive. Which, I mean, I get. That's how they make their living. Oh, my gosh, yes. But I want to go. I know. I just don't have the budget. Same. Okay, the next one. Hey ladies, I grew up on Shirley Drive in Alabama. I'm positive it had a portal in it somewhere. So many strange things happened there. Let's see, where to begin? As a teenager, I would get up before anyone in the house and get ready for school. My room was in the very back of the house. I was putting on makeup and laid my eyeliner down on the makeup box on my bed. I walked all the way through the house to grab something out of the bathroom and went back to my room to finish putting on my eyeliner and it had disappeared. So I walked back to the house thinking maybe I took it with me and didn't realize. Went back to my bedroom and it was sitting exactly where I put it. Another time, my cousin was spending the night and we were sitting in the den when I told her the house was haunted. She brushed me off because she didn't want to get scared. Something ran across the back of the couch and moved her hair. Then a tool fell off a shelf in the next room. That same night, we moved into the living room, which was next to the kitchen, and it sounded like someone was dragging themselves on the linoleum in the kitchen. We heard that all night, and we checked multiple times. Nothing was there. 
again on the same night. We walked outside so she could smoke, and I took my keys outside with me because both sides of the door were keyed only. So in order to lock the door from the outside, you had to use a key. We walked inside. I locked it and put my keys on the kitchen table. When my mom got home that morning, she worked the night shift, my keys were sitting on the front porch, but the door was still locked. Last story for this email, but I have plenty more. My sister Brooke, my best friend Sarah, and I were the only ones at home getting ready for Sarah's baby shower. My sister Brooke says, oh, he's here. And Sarah and I look at her like, who? Then the dead and disconnected smoke alarm on the fridge starts going off. So I said, ghost name, because I can't remember. Can you please turn it off? And it turned off. When I asked, it would turn on and off on command. Let me know if you'd like to hear more from this house. My pawpaw passed away on September 1st, 2021. Then my Mimi, September 25th, 2021. My lights in my current home would flicker and I would hear knocking noises. We played Living on Love at my Mimi's memorial service since she and Pawpaw died so close together. It was the night before Thanksgiving and I was standing at the sink looking over her sweet potato casserole recipe and I felt something come up behind me and saw a shadow out of the corner of my eye. Then Living on Love came on Pandora. The week before my wedding, I had fake flowers I was using for my arch sitting on my desk. I looked over and saw them moving. I think it was my Mimi checking on them. Also, before my Mimi's memorial, my brother and I were driving down a back road listening to music for her memorial service. She was cremated, and we smelled fresh lilies, which were her favorite flower. Anytime we talked about her that day or night, we would immediately smell fresh lilies. Love you, ladies. Keep up the good work. And if you're ever in the Birmingham area, hit me up because I know this bomb-ass Mexican place. Oh, you know the way to our hearts. Queso. Uh-huh. Also, I love Alan Jackson, too. So that's a great song. Uh, that's so sweet. I, that breaks my heart, though, that they, like, died so close together. Yeah, that's, like, sweet and sad. Yes. But something that's terrifying, it sounds like you have, like, imps or something in your house. Yeah. Little fuckers stealing shit. Mm-hmm. That it, like, ran across the back and, like, played, like, messed with her hair and stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. Just little tricksters. But that you could also be like, turn it on, turn it off, turn uh-huh. it on, turn it off. Smart little boogers. (laughs) Okay, the next one, a suspicious sighting in the park. Hi, guys. I'm a new listener of the podcast. I literally started listening a few days ago, but I've already binged to listen to several episodes and feel very invested. I'll include pseudonyms in the story to protect the identities of both myself and anyone else involved. Before I start, my mom's side of the family, some of them, feel a very strong connection to the spirit world and have had many, many experiences that I can maybe share at a later date. My mom herself is very spiritual in the metaphysical, mystical sense, by which I mean she's had her own experiences with the unexplainable and she believes in cosmic forces. This story, however, is my own firsthand experience. I witnessed a few other things previously, episodes of sleep paralysis, sounds, catching things out of the corner of my eye, but this is the only concrete experience, take a shot for every time I say experience, Jesus, (laughs) (laughs) that I've had that I feel is genuinely weird and is very hard to explain away. At the time of this story, I was about 13, 14, and my mom and I were taking care of a family friend's daughter for the day. We'll call her Amelia, and her grandma is my mom's best friend, so my unofficial auntie. Amelia would have been about two years old. The math's not there to be 100% correct, but thereabouts. 
At around dinner time, lunchtime, I'm from Yorkshire in the UK. My mom told me if I wanted, I could take Amelia down to the park near our house for half an hour, literally about 200 yards away, while my mom made Amelia some sandwiches. We went, and when we arrived at the park, there was no one there. This was clear to see as this particular park is very open. The only trees are behind the fence that surrounds the park, bar one or two, but even then you can see the entire park clearly due to its layout, including how the apparatus is set up. So I'm pushing Amelia on the kid swings, facing her so I can do the thing where you try to make the kid laugh while you're pushing them, and it's working. She's laughing a lot, but her eyes aren't on me. They're looking over my shoulder. Amelia's perspective looking out from her position in the kid's swing would have been me directly in front of her. The open field to the right and the older kid's swings to the left. Over toward the older kid's swings was where Amelia was focused, right over my left shoulder. I looked behind me, but as before, there was no one there. By now, Amelia is still laughing hysterically and looking at a fixed point over my shoulder. I ask her, what are you looking at? She doesn't answer, just continues to focus on the other swings and laugh. I ignore it. I continue pushing her, thinking nothing of it. She then says to me, go and stand over there. I look again, still nothing there. I say, no, I'm playing with you. Why would I want to go over there? This entire time, Amelia has not moved her eyes from the spot over by the other swings, and she's still smiling and giggling. She says, please just go over there. I give in and do so. I sit down on one of the four swings that makes up the swing set, and now she's laughing hysterically again, looking just past me. I already know nothing is there, as I've literally just that second turned my back to sit on the swing. Amelia, what are you laughing at? I call over to her. Still laughing, she calls back, that little boy behind you, he's been bullying faces the whole time we've been here. Immediately, I went cold. I didn't dare or honestly even bother to look behind me because I knew there was nobody there. Suddenly, there was no fucking way I wanted to be in that park anymore. I wordlessly rushed over to Amelia, picked her up, and almost ran out of the park and straight home. The whole while I was rushing toward the park exit, Amelia was looking over my shoulder as I carried her, still laughing. Thank you for reading this, even if it doesn't make it to the podcast, but that experience was truly chilling and had no logical explanation. I don't believe a two-year-old has the capacity to make a mystery boy up to intentionally frighten someone. Therefore, I believe that Amelia really did see that boy that day. Maybe he wanted to join us and play, but I'll have to respectfully decline, I'm afraid. Take care, guys, and be safe. Lots of love. Well, that's creepy as shit. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. That kid's like a damn cat. They can see everything. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad it was a ghost and not a creeper. True. Could have been way worse. It could have been. That supernatural is better in that instance, for sure. But also, I want to know what kind of faces he was pulling. Right? Because, you know, as a ghost, you could probably do some good ones. I mean, Beetlejuice. Uh, girl, I was about to say Beetlejuice, but you beat me to it. But, I mean, I want to know what faces because that guy had that kid really entertained for a long time. Yes. So, I want to be able to entertain a kid for that long. Also, does Amelia remember this? Do you know? But we're going to end on another ambient story. Hey there, chicks. My name is Jasmine, and you can say my name. I wrote to y'all not long ago about my dream with my deceased grandpa handing me a baby boy and then waking up to a positive pregnancy test after years of infertility. Here I am again writing about my ambient story. 
back in 2012, I was prescribed Ambien for, as y'all know, trouble sleeping. Well, I've had a very hard time sleeping, and at the time, I was living with my parents. They lived down a country road out in the middle of nowhere, and we basically had farm animals, but not quite a farm. At the time, I was dating my now husband, and he was deployed, so with that being said, time difference made it that much easier to talk, or so we thought. After some time, though, not sleeping at all was affecting my mental health. I was not doing so well, so my doctor said I could benefit from this pill. So I go on and take it, and the first night went well. I slept great and was so rested that I was able to function like a normal person would after finally getting sleep. The second night, I took a shower, put on my brand new pajamas, talked with my boyfriend for a bit, and fell asleep while video chatting with him. Now, I don't remember what happened next, but when I woke up, I was so sore and I couldn't move, but I was able to reach over and look at my phone. I had so many missed calls and texts from my boyfriend. Turns out that shortly after I fell asleep, my boyfriend saw me get out of bed and then heard me stumbling across the room. Now, I failed to mention that my bedroom used to be our garage and my parents turned it into a room, so it had two doors. I loved it because I could come in and out of the house and with my own private door. Okay, so back to the story. So he heard me stumbling in my room and was trying to get my attention, and he couldn't, so he stayed on the phone just listening. He then heard me open the door and shut it, and that was that. He never saw me come back, so he started to panic. So this is what happened. When I woke up, I stated I was sore and my pajamas were torn, my feet were cut up and muddy along with my entire body. I had hay and chicken feathers in my hair, and my bed linens were so filthy. Guess where I went? Turns out I walked outside, walked all the way to the barn, and slept on the hay, got kicked by the donkey, fell in the mud, and got cut up all over by possibly the rose bushes. I'm still not sure what I was doing there, but I'm glad I didn't get bit by a snake as those are common out where we live. My parents know I got kicked by the donkey as it's something that happens often to my dad. He's gotten so many broken ribs from it and still my mom won't get rid of it. I stopped taking the pill after this incident. Anyway, sorry for the poor grammar and run on sentences, but I hope y'all got a good laugh out of it. Thanks again for reading all the stories us listeners send out. I look forward to y'all's podcasts as that's my me time and I truly enjoy them. Sincerely, Donkey Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No wonder you were freaking sore. Those things can kick. Have you ever been kicked by a donkey? No, but I done the donkey kick exercise. <laughs> but those motherfuckers yeah, can kick. I mean, yeah. like she said, break ribs and stuff. What made you go back to your bed then? With fucking feathers and everything. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. So the first time you take Ambien, don't do it by yourself. Boyfriend, now husband, was probably panicking yes. on the phone, being like, "Uh, I'm surprised he didn't call your parents to be like." Something's going on. I guess they were just dating. He may not have had their number. And it was probably like a weird time difference. So yeah, might have been too late for him to like, oh, let me wake up her parents for possibly nothing. Yeah. I just picture her looking like the wet bandits on Home Alone. (laughs) Yes. Or I was going to say every episode of the Three Stooges ever. I never watched that. Okay. You know, I'm sorry. But I have watched Home Alone. I've watched that movie more times than I could count. I know. I know. It's so good, though. And sad and funny and all the things. It's the perfect Christmas movie. (laughs) Well, thank y'all so much for sending these stories. They're great. As always, keep them coming. Send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.